This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside Mike Evans, Scott DeHuff, producing the show I'd like to thank our uh, wonderful corporate sponsors. Just kidding. Uh, we don't have any. Um, <laughs> you suck. Um, anyhow, Mike, how are you, buddy? You know, if somebody's interested. Yeah, well, you know what? You know, I'm gonna call get, Mark. I'm going to get some people. You're so going to get some people? Yeah, I got right, some well, people. let's go because well, the season's here. I, this, I, I know. You probably felt like the preseason was going to last forever. Lord here in Denver. mercy. Here in Denver, we had the Hall of Fame game, so we kicked this thing off a week earlier than we're everybody the first, else. I think we were the first team to start preseason and, like, the last team to finish preseason. It's, it's brutal. I mean, it, it's it been, has been a brutal. long. And right. we still have 10, 10 more days to go until they they kick it off. But at least, hey, everybody now, we're looking forward to real football. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. And, and yeah, the season kicks off, and obviously, you know, for the first couple of weeks, it's kind of an extended preseason. I think, you know, one of the things about this, Mike, is I think, and it's interesting, you know, even in the fourth preseason game, the Super Bowl MVP Julian Edelman was playing in the fourth preseason game. In a day and age where nobody plays their players, um, Bill Belichick says, I don't care what anybody else does. I do what I do. And interestingly enough, that's a team that, you know, is always 12 and 4 and always runs away with their division, but they've notoriously been slow starters. And I wonder if this is part of Bill Belichick saying, I'm not going to allow you guys to start off slow because you can make a lot of ground up or you can, you know, get that that potential lead within your division if you play well early. And there are a lot of teams who haven't played anybody that I think are ripe for the picking early in the first four weeks where even if you're a less talented football team than the one you happen to be facing, this is an area where you might be able to steal a game or two that that normally if everybody played the preseason like you know they used to play the preseason, that you might not have that opportunity. Well, remember New England lost to Jacksonville and Detroit early last year, mm-hmm. and then they were in a position where they had to get some help. They had they needed Houston to get upset late in the season just to be able to get back into a position to have that first round bye that they, mm-hmm. they covet so much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe he just doesn't want to leave as much to chance this yeah. time around. Hey, it, did you see Demarius Thomas running around? I know. Catching touchdowns for coming them? off an Achilles, he he actually looked really good. Uh, got I think seven balls in the in the last preseason game. Had two touchdowns yeah. and like eighty seven yards. I mean that was a performance now. And how about Stidham, their young quarterback? You talk about developing. Tell me they didn't get a find here. Tell me they didn't find the heir apparent to Tom Brady in the f- what fourth round? Fourth round. Tell me they didn't just do this. I've always said. What have I always said about the New England Patriots that sets them apart? It's not about the draft. Like, the, the draft is important. I think what a lot of people have missed, Mike, is that, yes, the draft is important. Yes, it's important to get good players. But guys have to transition well. 
Guys have to understand that this is a profession. I always say this just because you play a pro sport doesn't make you a professional. You have to learn how to be a professional. And I think this is the kind of this is the kind of thing that sets that organization apart, that puts them above everybody else. Because uh, they've had plenty of draft miss. They've had plenty of draft misses, I should say. What sets them apart is when they get somebody within their program, they coach that guy up, they put him in a position to have success, they don't ask him things that physically he's unable to do, which a lot of teams do. They put a guy in a position say, go do this for us. And he goes, well, that's not my skill set, right? They put him in a skill set that fits them, and, and, and they coach him, they develop him. It's a big part of the program. Let's develop you as a football player. And they, I think they do it better than anybody else. You know, I, I was looking at um, Van Oy, who was a former first-round draft choice for the Detroit Lions, who was eventually let go because he was a first-round bust, and he became one of their best, if not their best, linebacker last year. It just is. And they consistently do it, regardless of who that guy is. By the way, Josh Gordon is back. He played again last night. I mean, um, yeah, but isn't DT kind of security? Yeah, because oh. what could possibly go wrong with Josh Gordon? Yeah, I mean, you can't obviously you can't count on you can't count on that. But I will say this: I don't know. Did you hear the speech? And, and this is a little off track because this is an NFL podcast. But did you hear the speech from um, uh, Nick Saban the other day about Musin Muhammad? I think I heard parts of it. What was the okay. gist of it? So he basically comes out and says he's talking about second chances, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I don't even know what the whole context of the speech was, but he was like, I believe in second chances, you know? I believe, you, like, you want to kick these kids to the curb, right? Oh, he makes one mistake and we're kicking him to the curb and I believe in, you know, and we're going to punish a guy and, and you know, we're going to take care of it internally, whatever, but wouldn't you rather him be in kind of my care than in the care of, you know, of or, or be in the program under my care and my supervision as opposed to being out on the streets. Like, he's, he mentioned Musin Muhammad when he was at uh, Michigan State, and he goes, here's a guy that got in trouble. We internally, you know, penalized him. We we didn't let him play. We, you know, he, he had to do the things he had to do. Now he's the president of a company. He went on to play for 15 years in the NFL. He's the president of a company, has seven kids, he just took his oldest daughter to Princeton. Like, would you rather us kick him to the curb or would you rather us be involved with him? This is the thing that's that's interesting to me about the NFL and and the lack of kind of awareness, So, maybe even social awareness they have. So when you get suspended for whatever the case may be, you know, a lot of people here in Denver like Chad Kelly, Swag Kelly. He's with the Indianapolis Colts, and right now the Indianapolis Colts are finding another backup quarterback because he's suspended for the first two games for what he did here in Denver, which was, you know, in a in a night where he was in quote unquote a you know a drunken stupor or whatever it was, walked into somebody's house, he, he got confused where he was, sat down on their couch, and they chased him out with a wiffle ball bat or something, you know, or vacuum. I think it was a vacuum tube, right? Whacked him, uh, and he you know he he left. Uh, so he's getting suspended. Here's the problem with the NFL. When a guy gets suspended, he's no longer allowed contact with the team. He can't come to the facility. Like, wouldn't you rather a guy that you have to suspend be there, 
have to sit through the meetings, have to be connected to the team, and have the punishment of not being able to to you know to play in the game. You know, maybe even you know stand on the sideline with um I'm you know I'm a dumbass and I got suspended coat on or, <laughs> or something a scarlet like that. Letter, right? You know, I mean, but don't you think that that would be better where you have him under your supervision? You can. You work them out. You can punish them. You can do whatever you want. Like from from that to, from a grow up standpoint. Yeah, from but a we we hold the guys accountable. For the, for, the, for the time you're in grade school and you learn about what a suspension is, you're 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 not there. You're you're suspended. You're gone. Yeah, but you're not you're, welcome. Right, but serve your serve your time. Serve your punishment. Come on. By but the way, you have to thought, do it with your parents. Though. Quick thought on the Saban thing. Saban yeah. says all these things. It sounds great, but you better be able to. Do all this and play? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you many, can't play, how, then on, I mean, how many yeah. people has he run off his program? Sure, of course. Okay, of co- if you can play, I don't see him. I don't see him. Right, you know, worried about that kid. Then when he's like, "Well, you're hurt. You can't play. I got somebody else I'm taking away your scholarship." Well, like, that I mean, that's part of that's part of the process. If a guy can play and he and he gets, yeah, then in we'll trouble, give you a second chance. But you yeah, can play. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's. That's everyone. Like if you can't play, nobody's giving you multiple opportunities. Yeah, but I just thought that saving, you know, you people think were trying to pro- make him like, look how much right. he cares. Yeah, he cares as long as you can serve Alabama football. Sure, sure. Well, what was it that Jimmy Johnson once said? If the you know if the fourth string running back falls asleep in meetings, if he's cut, if, if Emmett Smith falls asleep in meetings, we we nudge him, right? Yeah. I mean, that's wake up. Yeah, wake up, dude. I mean, there is that difference, and I get that. I get that part of it, Mike. But, um, you know, that's just a sidebar on on just I mean, Josh way- Gordon, do yeah. you really think – I mean, the Patriots have gone above and beyond when it comes to Josh yeah, Gordon. there's no question. But they need receivers. I mean, you, you could talk all you want about Tom Brady's greatness in many different ways – I, I would say go back over the years and look at some of the receiving cores he's been asked to go out and play with. Mm-hmm. And that only speaks even more to his greatness. I mean, this is a guy who made Rache Caldwell look good. It's a guy who got it done with guys like David Givens, you know? And, you, you know, they, they don't have receivers. They had to go to Josh Gordon out of necessity. They still do. Yeah. You know? Well, Josh Gordon is, there's no question, he is a, a physical, like he's a physical freak. Um, but it was good, you know, for being here in Denver and living in Denver to see and 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 what Demarius Thomas was. He's kind of an anomaly here because he's going to be kind of a ring of fame player for the Denver Broncos. That most of the people that that support the Broncos really don't like DT. Yeah, there always was a thinly right. veiled dislike, disdain. Yeah. for him. I th- and I've always thought it was because you know the guy's six foot three and. 235 or whatever, 230, and, you know, played like he was 5'11 and, you know, and 196. What's the, you know? uh, the line I've heard before? Looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. Yeah, there was there was part of that. A couple drop balls, not necessarily going up in a crowd and fighting for it, you know. Um, so there were always there were always the people that – he always had plenty of, of people that were kind of uh, – not fans of of his style, if you will, but he's put up great numbers. And if he is as healthy as he looked the other night, um, that does nothing but help the New England Patriots in that division. And, and frankly, that division—you look at that division right now with, you know, a Buffalo, and I think they're a more talented team, and they've got, you know, they've got 
um, a young quarterback in Josh Allen, and you look at the Jets with Sam Darnold and what people think Sam Darnold might become, and I think they're a more talented team than they've been in the past. Uh, what do you he, make of this whole Dolphin thing? Oh, so what? yeah. Where, all right, where to start? The Dolphins, and and by the way, what is it that you, you covered them a couple of years ago, and and you said maybe Just one of the worst cultures culture you've seen the, around the a worst Friday practice that I ever, I, the worst Friday practice that I've ever seen, ever, ever. As a player, as a player, and commentator, as a, and an analyst, and in you know two years of calling games for Fox, and then twelve years as a player, I have never seen anything like the Friday practice I witnessed the first time I went so, to Miami. Brian Flores brought in to bring, yeah, some discipline. The way, uh, yeah, right? there was some culture, some discipline, some of that. So, rumblings that they may be looking to trade Laramie Tunsil, mm-hmm. and that if that happens. Gonna be a full scale mutiny on Flores' hands. Why would they be? Why? Why are they looking to trade Tunsil? Like, I mean, first off, Tunsil is one of the great, one one of the really good young left tackles in this in this game right now. He is. You could make an argument that he's developing into one of the best left tackles, at least in the AFC. So now. Is it one of those situations where you trade him, you get Trent Williams in return plus something, you know, from the Redskins? Is that, you know, are you looking at that? But yeah, he's a young player. And again, this goes back to culture, Mike, like we talk about. You know, my thing when a young player comes in and plays really well for you and develops, even though he's a first rounder, but when that happens for you, I've always felt like from an organizational standpoint, instead of coveting other people's players, Reward your players. Reward the guys who come in. And remember, you go back to draft night. You know, somebody released the video of him with the gas mask on, smoking weed, and, you know, essentially try to really sabotage this kid. Um, yeah, he made the mistake of letting somebody film him doing that, you know, or you could say he made the mistake of smoking weed, but come on. I mean, how many guys and how many people in, in our society smoke weed? And it's legal. I mean, we live in Colorado. It's legal. Um, and it's becoming legal all over the place. But, um, you know, he has overcome those kind of things to develop himself into a really good player. I've always felt like the guys who do it the right way, the guys who develop under your tutelage, like you should reward those guys. But is this right out of the Belichick playbook? Belichick gets to Cleveland. He wants to get rid of Bernie Kosar. How many uh, well-known, beloved Patriots did he send packing over the years? Is this just a way of Flores... You know, like putting showing, his foot down and and being in control. Uh, you know, I've got I've got a, a certain way I want it done here. Tunzel may be a, a great player, but he doesn't embody what I want. And I'm going to send a very clear message. Well, here, here okay, so here's Josh the, McDaniels did right. the same thing. Got to Denver in five minutes. He traded Jay Cutler. Yeah, you, I didn't think about it that way. It's a great point. And if that's the case, and this is why. This is why those guys will always be doomed to fail. Okay? You saw it in Detroit, too. Gosh, now that you mention it, you're actually onto something. Because didn't they just get rid of Golden Tate? They got rid of Golden yeah. Tate, right? Um, it's, you know, it's an interesting thing. Here, here's the deal. And I've always said this about, like, being a disciple, you know, a Bill Belichick disciple, a Bill Walsh disciple, a, you know, Mike Shanahan disciple, whatever, you know, whoever, a Bill Parcells disciple. If you're not you, if you're not authentic, then you're in trouble. 
Because one thing about players, they can read through garbage like that. And if you're acting as though you're somebody that you're not, if you're trying to portray, look at me, I'm little Belichick Jr. We saw it firsthand here when Hurricane Josh McDaniels came through town. And it became, like, even though he has got unbelievable football acumen, the guy is, the guy is, like, the guy is an incredibly smart football guy. Like, the players just looked at him like he's, like, he's not authentic. He's not real. He's not, he's, he's fake, you know? Okay, I get all that, but, but isn't it kind of funny if Matt Patricia comes in to Detroit and wants his team to practice out in the snow? even though they're going to be playing that week indoors. Right. And the players are all griping about it. You know, oh, that's, that's not the way you do it. Well, you're the Lions. Yeah. You've sucked for years. You're irrelevant. Mm-hmm. The way that you've been doing things clearly doesn't work. Right. So why is your way the way that it has to be? Right. Why, so, why can't you be open to the idea of yeah. doing something different? Right. I mean, it's, this isn't like some guy's coming in and telling, you know, the Patriots, for example, hey, the way you've been doing it for the last 20 years, I mean, you, yeah, know, you might rid- want to try something different. You're the freaking Lions. Yeah. All right? I get it. Who are, who are yeah, you? Who I the hell are you as the Lions to be sitting here going, hey, wait a minute. We don't practice out in the snow. We don't do those things around here. Mm-hmm. Why the hell not? Maybe you should. You know, it's interesting and about you said, that. If it's Miami... Right. I mean, you may say, come on, Flores, stop trying to be a mini Belichick, but what's wrong with trying to change to the way shake, things are done there? To shake it up a little bit. I, again, there, I don't think there's anything wrong with changing it, but you have to understand the way your players are going to look at that. Like, the fact that you're going to play indoors and you're making them practice outside in the snow, to them is like, oh, come on, dude, now all you're trying to be is Belichick. Like, because there's no rhyme nor reason you know what you understand well, how do you find that middle ground then yeah i see i, I think it, i think it's one of the challenges i think that's one of the hard things about becoming a head coach you know you become a head coach and i think like look at any any head coaching situation with young coaches every year there's like probably six or seven new head coaches every year and every year probably 80 percent of them fail right yeah, you know, it may take a year or two years or three years, right? I mean, just look at the last couple of years. You know, Vance Joseph was hired for the Broncos a couple of years ago. He made it for two seasons. Steve Wilkes was hired by the Arizona Cardinals. He made it for a year. Like, there's always this great turnover, and only about 20% of the coaches who become head coaches end up sticking. So it's about an 80% failure rate. That's about what it is. And so... I think there's a lot of things. I think one of the things that's really hard for for coaches that that come from being coordinators or whatever to all of a sudden becoming head coaches is you lose a little connectivity with your players. You know, you lose that that one-on-one coaching. You're coaching the coaches. You're you're standing over the coaches. You're, you know, standing in the background watching practice. You're not necessarily as hands-on. And there's a lot of different things that you have to be able to to deal with when you become the head coach. And I think it's a yeah, I mean, I just think it's an incredibly difficult transition. Give Flores this. I think he made the right call with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Everyone loves Fitzpatrick. You want to yeah. you want to improve team morale. Have Fitzpatrick be your guy. Everyone loves Fitzpatrick. I know. Here's a guy. I mean, but it, it goes to. Th- there's no question about that. It also goes to. 
you know, this idea that, hey, you just drop draft a quarterback in the top, you know, in the top 10 and you, your franchise is set. Like Josh Rose, everybody coming out, when Josh Rosen came out two years ago, what was it? Hey, he's the most NFL-ready quarterback in, in, in college football. You know, more than Baker Mayfield, more than Sam Darnold, more than Josh Rosen, or excuse me, more than Josh Allen, you know, more than anybody. He is the guy. And yet here he is now with his second team in his second year, and he can't start again. Like, this is fairly alarming. And remember, Ryan Fitzpatrick, they pulled him off the couch. Like, he's got like seven kids. They all had birthdays. He, he, he came in, he was like 30 pounds overweight, right? I mean, he wasn't Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was Ryan Fatspatrick. He came in, he had been doing nothing but eating birthday cake. and like He literally and, was eating cake by the, by the beach. Cake by the ocean? Cake by the ocean. Yeah, he, he, he was. He was eating cake by the ocean. Yes. Literally. Um, and yet, here he is. He, you know that they're not really eating cake by the ocean. What are they eating by the ocean? In the song. What song? Cake by the Ocean song. Yeah. What is that song? That's the Jonas uh, brother. I don't listen to Jonas Brothers. It's not Jonas Brothers, is it? It's are one you, of them, yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Cake by the Water? No, Cake by the Water. Hey, loser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you got me. <laughs> Burn on me. Uh, yeah, Cake Go by ahead, the... Just Google it. What does Cake by the Ocean mean? Go ahead, Duff. Go ahead. Uh, all right. Cake... Go ahead. Like now, it. now I'm interested. Hold on. Okay, uh, let me go right here. Yeah. Wait, let me get Google to it. let me get to the Google button. All right, let's see. Oh, 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 my. oh my, oh my. Okay, what is it? It's about having sex on the beach. Really? Okay. Really? Who, who? Cake wow. by the ocean. That that is scary. That in this room right now i am the hippest of joe all jonas. three of all three of you it's joe jonas i am the hippest of all three man hey, listen. hey if we're gonna no spill, hey, listen if we're gonna spill the tea you guys gotta be up to date on things okay come on now <laughs> spill the tea <laughs> uh, another one Boy, that is that another euphemism uh, for sex no it's not <laughs> let's let's spill the tea ball. oh jesus Seriously, that's what the, it's it's you know let let's let's what let's, let's let's dish let's rap let's talk about this let's let's spill the tea. That's like what my daughter will say to me. She's six. She's sixteen. It's a, it's a it's a oh, the teenagers see, are like. That, it's like there's it's where like, there's where like, the gap. Right, there's where the gap. Let's, let's exists. Let's sip the see, tea. Let's spill the tea. Let's you've got teenage. Let's disclosing information. My kids. Is it spilling or sipping? Spilling. Spilling tea. Spill the tea. Spill the tea. Let's uh, let's dispense it. What we're doing right now is we're spilling NFL tea. Okay. God. Let me tell you. If I, me, if I am the most well, the Huff and I on okay. top of culture right no. now out of right, you, so out here's of the, the three of us, this is sad. My kids. This are, is pathetic. My, my kids are all out of the house. They're all like in their late twenties, early thirties, and. You are the only one with teenage kids. Scott has little kids, and I'm do- dealing with granddaughters. So, like, I don't know spilling the tea and caking by the ocean, man. I don't. It's not caking. <laughs> oh don't you cake God. by you cake it? You're no, caking you it. No, you're not caking by the ocean. You don't get caked by the ocean. Mm. It's cake by the ocean. 
No, I didn't. And well, I Ryan mean, Fitzpatrick was literally eating cake by the ocean. Pound cake. Got it? Does it bother you that you have a 16-year-old daughter and you know cake by the ocean right now? Does that? Oh, I see where you're going with that. Does that bother you? You just want to get me mad now. Yeah. <laughs> like, did your daughter talk about cake by the ocean to you and then you learned about it? Now do you think no. to yourself? No. How does she know She's caking not, by the ocean? She never thinks about those things. Never. Ever. All right. She's a good girl. She is a good girl. She is a good girl. She's a good girl. I'm just saying, you've got teenage kids. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we move right, on. We don't move let on. your wife listen to this podcast, please. <laughs> I don't want to be in trouble with your missus. No, right. you're okay. All right, okay, okay good. Me, All right, we've, had okay much, good. we've had much more serious conversations. Uh, but, than, uh, but but Rosen, than here's that. like, but Rosen, yeah. Come on, I mean, dude. You, I mean, what does it say that he can't beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick? Like, Ryan Fitzpatrick's been around. And I know that Ryan Fitzpatrick's a, a smart guy and a really good teammate. And he's and he, like, and he has these moments where he's just lights out for three or four games, right? And then he's just like, just falls off the, just falls off the, the map. So, um, anyhow, you know, I, the fact that, that you're in your second year, you're on your second team, and you can't beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick, who they pulled off the couch, who they pulled off the beach because he was eating cake there. Boom. 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 Way to go. I mean, how see, did I, do you see you, how I tied you, it all you together? You pick things up so fast. You I know, do. You are. I'm just. But you, you know what? You are not counterculture, man. You're I just, am. You come around fast. I'm telling. Speaking of. I'm old. All right. I just is. I am old. Like, this is how old I am. So. My wife asked me to go upstairs and have sex the other day, and I said, I can't do both. I can either go upstairs or I can have sex. We're going to get done right here, Boom. or we're going to go upstairs, right? I got a million of them. That's right. I'll be here all night. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> that was like a drum roll. Hold on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. What are you, what are you, what are you kidding? <laughs> Wow, we have yeah. uh, oh, we uncharted got... territory here. Right, this, maybe uh, maybe we ought to end let's this. Let's end it on that note, shall we? <laughs> this okay. Is, this was not our best effort. Oh, uh, I don't know. I think yeah. there, was some, uh, there was some solid parts there. Some solid parts. So wait until the Huff puts the, the whole uh, headline together. Trust me, we'll get people to tune in. I don't know how long they'll stay, but they'll tune in. Sex. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Lord, have truth podcast, the sex edition. Yes, are we ready for some real football or not? I uh, I have a hard time believing we don't have a sponsor on this yes. show. <laughs> All right, Amazing. for everybody involved in the program, for Mike, for Scott, myself, thank you so much for listening. Um, please don't tell our wives about this particular no. episode episode because we're going to get in trouble. Um, and, uh, and please subscribe on YouTube, and please share it with uh, all your friends. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you later on in the week. Hey, the regular season's about to kick off, right? Real football. Have a great Labor Day weekend, and we will see you here shortly over, uh, over the course of the uh, next couple of weeks.